Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rowan and the Wasteland, where we discuss a film and honor its place amongst its peers. My name is Rowan Wood, and joining me, as always, he feels like he knows this place. It's Shane Conto, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm on a boat! <laughs> yes, which will tie into our categories uh, later on. But anyway, <laughs> today we are talking about um, a British horror film called Triangle, that was released in 2009 in Europe. It actually never got a U.S. theatrical release, although it's on some streaming services over here, um, uh, including uh, including. <laughs> I feel like it's at least in the U.S. on like every free service. Like it's on Tubi and Pluto TV. Mm-hmm. It's on Canopy. It's on YouTube for free with ads. Um, but it's like it like this. This movie is 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 everywhere. So. You should go watch it because there is a lot about this movie that we're going to talk about uh, that is absolutely a spoiler that you may not want uh, given away. Um, but I, I I watched this movie as a final push uh, to get some uh, Halloween, you know, mm-hmm. themed movies in before the holiday. And uh, yeah, I was justly rewarded. I listened to a podcast about this afterward that like really elucidated uh, some of those like more... Uh, like some of those nuances that I, Mm. that I might've missed on the first time around, because it is a, it is like a very, um, it it can get dense at times and it does try to like explain itself over and over again. And the more times it tries to do it, it, like the harder it gets to fully understand what's happening. Um, But anyway, we're in spoiler territory now. Uh, These, this is a time loop movie, Mm -hmm. but it is, a very interesting time loop movie, sort of like Shane. You've seen Primer, right? Yes. This movie reminded me of Primer in the way, like, it is not nearly as complicated, but it does try to offer an in-universe explanation in a way that makes you have like think about it. Mm-hmm. In a way that most time loop movies don't. Most time loop movies are. The, the protagonist is in a time loop they need to get out of it this movie there i i do think there is a distinct purpose for it but before we get into that shane what did you think about this movie there's certainly a lot to process mm-hmm. and trying to make sense of everything but this is such a crazy ride to go mm-hmm. on with some shocking visuals first of all there's a couple of moments where you see certain things and you're just like um that's messed up and also shocking mm-hmm. in what it re- reveals about what's going on. And it's so fascinating. And it has a really strong central performance um, as well. And it's one of those kinds of films that you're just going to have to s- think about it for a long time afterwards because there's mm-hmm. so much to process. And I had no idea where it was going, especially once it hit its third act. And I'm just like, well, that... uh. That took me for a ride. Totally. It goes beyond what you would like, what you would normally assume a time loop movie does because Mm -hmm. most of this movie is set on a boat. Um, But then it goes beyond the boat and the loop continues even after you think it might be over. Like when that moment hit, I looked at the, at the, um, the progress bar and I saw there were still like 25 minutes left. And I was like, what the hell could possibly happen? But I'm glad that they did that because it made it like it those last 20 minutes tie the entire movie together in a way yes. that if it was just contained to the boat there was no possible way um that it would make the sense that it does otherwise 
Um, so Shane, mm-hmm. what is your like? What's your read on 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 this movie in terms of the explanation that I was alluding to earlier? Because I have my ideas, but I want to know yours first. I feel like this film turns out to lo- be a lot more about one particular person's journey than just this group of people stuck in like this strange Bermuda Triangle esque strange time loop scenario going on mm-hmm. and I'm still trying to wrap my head around exactly how it all plays out in the mm-hmm. end with how big this loop goes and how far back this loop is and it really feels like this film is trying to like offer up like offer up some kind of idea about like how sometimes we need to be able to reset ourselves and realize that like, this seems like a lot more hopeful than this movie seems like it's because like this film feels like a horrible spinning nightmare, but like being able to go back and change and try to like destroy what you don't want to be in your life and what you feel like you need to change to. Cause like, I feel like the ending really like hit that with me. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe that I was getting. That I was trying to get at. I'm trying to like talk about this without fully, sp- <laughs> but like the main character of Jess is just like, you know, the film starts off as like this group of people and it seems like, Oh, this is going to be about a group of people. It's not really. Right. It's really about this one particular person and the horrible descent that this particular character goes on is so shocking and unnerving. And then realizing it's like, who is this person really like, to be honest? And you see different shades of this person throughout the film in different places. And it's just like, this film challenges you too at points of like, do we support this character totally. and what's going on here and their motivations? And cause like there's some pretty relatable motivations. Like Jess just wants to go back to her son. Totally. Like it seems like the biggest thing. And like, I don't like, I feel like I wanted to watch this immediately after I finished watching it. Cause I'm like, I really wanted to try to get the context of like knowing what's going on and seeing how it played out. Yeah. To me. So they very clearly when they first get on the boat, set up the fact that this is a, like, like a Greek tragedy story by, by like, like they mentioned um, Aeolus and they mentioned Sisyphus. And this is like, like to me, I cannot believe that I didn't think of it before that this is totally a Sisyphus story. This character is stuck in the loop because of something they did in their real life, which is shown this character's real life death is shown. And I, and, and like thinking about it in those terms, it like, it all makes perfect sense. And I just think that it's so interesting because that's another layer that you wouldn't necessarily expect Mm -hmm. from this movie. But when you think about it in those terms, it makes perfect sense. And I Mm -hmm. love that. Um, Especially a movie that, uh, that has, this kind of deep symbolism but it's not super heavy-handed about it and makes you think and like has a meaning that you can get to by critical thinking as opposed to just hammering it over your head which i think is the optimal way to include subtleties like that 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, uh, I like, like the more I think about this movie, the more I, I just really, really liked it and think that it really st- like stands on its own amongst like other time loop movies. Like, I think it's so interesting in that way. Well, it's interesting too, because like the, the director's name sounded familiar, Christopher Smith, and just realized that like he had consecration come out this year mm-hmm. and that was quite the ride mm-hmm. in terms of like a horror film and like it's also one of those kinds of things where i feel like you really need to sit on it and digest it and what exactly is going on so this seems like this director's mo and yeah very successful at playing with us as an audience mm-hmm. and making us process through some things i feel like i have some questions but i feel yeah. like i should ask them to you when we wrap instead of what we're talking about right now see this makes you think it makes you want to find out more it's engrossing Mm -hmm. and like i said if you think about like the horror thriller elements of it like there's some really messed up unnerving imagery that you wind up seeing because this is a loop right and i think the most shocking thing about this loop is the evidence of said loop Mm -hmm. Because, like, if you watch, like, other time loop movies, like, you relive the same day over and over again. It just restarts. This doesn't restart. Right. You see this endless loop of just destruction and pain. And you're just like, oh, oh, my. There's one particular shot of one of these characters with a whole bunch of... (laughs) grotesque things around said person trying to say this without specifically saying it that I'm just like my jaw dropped honestly I'm just like because it kind of I think that was one of the moments that kind of gave you some more context I'm like yeah this is what this movie really is and you're just like what the hell so yeah watch it mm-hmm. totally yeah um, definitely strongly recommend especially if you like time loop movies like this is necessary viewing if you're into that sort mm-hmm. of thing but uh, Shane, I do have to ask, where does Triangle land in the list of now 77 movies that we have watched so far for this show? I'll admit, I think more t- we talked about it, I think I liked it more and the more I'm going to be thinking about it. Because, like, I upon first viewing, I had this at, like, 50. Mm-hmm. Between Miracle and Journey to the Beginning of Time. But, I don't know, this, this is one of those... Uh, worms that just like crawling all up in there and i'm gonna be thinking about this for a while mm-hmm. totally yeah uh same it is crawled up for me as well i actually just bumped it up a little more like like talking about it and like getting excited to talk about it um so as of now it's at number 33 for me uh so that's above the celebration and below the lost weekend so it's definitely like it's definitely pretty high uh in my in my estimation like i am very mm-hmm. glad i saw this and i'm very glad that uh our friend, our Sif Pop friend Heath, uh, watched this uh, right after me, uh, having uh, seen that I liked it, uh, and and interesting. And he and I had a fun little uh, discussion about it. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so we, uh, we of course uh, always, uh, as always, have three categories to talk about today. That is time loop movies, movies set on a boat, and two thousand nine hidden gems. Uh, Shane, your top five time loop movies. I have at number five, Boss Level. So if you really like action, middle-age action stars that wind up in a lot of straight-to-VOD things like Frank Grillo and Mel Gibson, uh, this is the movie for you on Hulu. 
my number four is Happy Death Day. Mm. This experience watching this in the theater with a bunch of 13-year-olds was so obnoxious, but I did really, really, really enjoy this movie. Um, my number three is Palm Springs. Love Palm Springs. That was one of the biggest bright spots of the pandemic. So thank you, Andy Samberg <laughs> and Hulu. Number two is Edge of Tomorrow. Live, die, repeat. Love it. Uh, whatever the hell you want to call this movie. <laughs> because I love action. This is great action movie. Awesome use of the time loop and Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt are great. And number one is Groundhog Day because I love Groundhog Day nice. and I love Bill Murray and I could watch him live the same day over and over and over again for forever. Very nice. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't grow up with Groundhog Day the way that a lot of people mm-hmm. did. So it's not as high on my list as I think you might think it was. Um, but it is it is definitely still fantastic. So I didn't put Triangle on my list. It would be somewhere in the middle, I think. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, my number five is a movie called premature, which is the most inappropriate time loop movie, uh, that I have ever heard of. This was one, like, this was a movie I watched when my parents weren't letting me watch R rated movies. And so I like sort of found it on my own and it's about a, th- this is like a coming of age time loop where a guy, um, has to realize that his best friend is the love of his life instead of uh, this girl that's uh, that's trying to seduce him, and so he so 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 the day resets every time he ejaculates prematurely. Um, so it's like it 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 brings the it, it sort of mashes a time loop up with like a sex comedy sort of thing. Uh-huh. So that is and and like Alan Tudyk pops up for a few scenes. He is hilarious. Um, so this is uh, this one is uh, this one's pretty great. Um, nice. my number four is Groundhog Day. So it is, uh, it's still, you know, it's, it's on the list. Um, I think I appreciate it more than I like it. Um, but, uh, number four, three is a uh, happy death day. I love, uh, I love the horror elements, uh, and how they sort of mm. make up the time loop. Like this is a much more straightforward horror time loop, uh, than trying yep. And number two is Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat, uh, a classic. Number one is Palm Springs, which is one of my, fa- not uh, like my favorite, one of my favorite movies ever made. Uh, I just think it's so, so good and so clever and just has a, like a sense of maturity that I feel like a lot of the, uh, like other movies don't while also not sacrificing its sense of humor. Um but uh, yeah, yeah. So Palm Springs. I'm looking forward. We're recording this November first. I'm looking forward to my annual rewatch on uh, November 9th, which is the time loop day. Um, there you go. But uh, anyway, so next is movies set on a boat. Uh, Shane, your top five. So I picked movies that are mostly on a boat. Mm-hmm. So, or at least large portions are. So I got number five is Pirates, mm-hmm. that band of misfits uh, animated film. Uh, so many great British actors in this, and it's such a weird mashup of a pirate movie fighting with Charles Darwin and all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, number four is Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Such a classy, well-made film from Peter Weir. Number three, The African Queen. Mm. So this is a much smaller boat, but a boat nonetheless. And Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn are great. Number two, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. The Black Pearl, one of the most famous of boats, I think, in movies. And number one had to be Jaws. Because even if it's just the like last third or half of the movie, still makes that big of an impact, and Jaws is amazing. Nice. Very nice. See, I I forgot Jaws. Because like 
in my mind, it was movies that are set mostly on a boat. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, and so Jaws is not on my list, but I'm glad you had it on your list. Um, the so most some, important some, part Jaws love in here is exactly. on a boat. <laughs> That's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Uh, number five is The Navigator, which is a Buster Keaton movie um, that is uh, that is pretty pretty goofy. It's it's by no means my favorite uh, of his, but it is a very interesting example of like shooting on a boat, which is a location mm-hmm. that you know they didn't really go with those like super heavy cameras uh, that they had in the twenties. Yeah, um, and there is some like interesting water stuff as well, which you didn't see a lot in movies back then either. Uh, number four is the Pirates Band of Misfits, uh, yep. the uh, the British animated uh, film that I just think is so charming and so endearing. Uh, number three is Life of Pi. Um, it is a boat, but rather an unconventional one. Very um, true. And just, it's just such a gorgeous movie. Like like when I think of gorgeous visuals, like Life of Pi definitely absolutely comes to mind. Uh, number two mm-hmm. is Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl because I had to pick one and. This one is my favorite one, so it makes the most sense to include here. Uh, number one is Titanic, because, of course, how could it not be? Uh, one of the most famous boats uh, in history. And honestly, I'm shocked that they didn't try to do a 100th anniversary, uh, you know, Titanic 2 uh, launch back in 2012. But I'm glad they didn't, because if it had gone wrong, that would have been Our final category today is 2009 Hidden Gems. Um, Shane, you're five. My number five, A Town Called Panic. This is such a strange French animated movie with all, like, basically stop-motion toys and this complete insanity. It's hard to describe. You should watch it. Uh, Number four, The Secret of Kells. I love Cartoon Saloon. And this film is haunting and beautiful and just everything Gaelic, and I love it. Uh, Number three is Moon, uh, because... I feel like this is the movie where Sam Rockwell's like, yeah, I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> and we love it. Yeah. Uh, number two is Mary and Max. Mm-hmm. This, I love this movie. And it's so weird. This strange correspondence going back between the two most unlikely of characters who become friends. And number one is in the loop because if <laughs> I did not have Armando Iannucci in my life, I'd be very sad. Yeah. And if I didn't have Peter Capaldi saying basically every single curse word you could possibly think of as Tucker in this movie, then I'd be very sad. And also the cast in this is insane. Such a great cast. So well written. Just all of it. Yeah. I need to watch the show and the movie. Um, yes. because I love Peter Capaldi for, from Doctor Who. I love a lot of this cast because I've seen them in other yep. stuff, and I like uh, Armando uh, Iannucci's stuff, especially um, Avenue 5, his, his HBO show that freaking nobody watched. Um, <laughs> that got cancelled! I know! I it know. was hitting its stride, too! Yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, and, 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 and so, like, I know I need to watch this just because it's such, like, it's I, I really want to see this side of Peter Capaldi apart from the clips uh, that I've seen. The um, clip, the clip, uh, clip comp- uh, compilations are so good. Totally. Um, but uh, so my number five uh, is a movie called Gooby, which by all rights is terrible, but it has, um, uh, God, uh, Robbie Coltrane, who played uh, Hagrid as uh-huh. th- as the voice of this giant friggin' like, practical bear that befriends this young child and it is it is the worst movie that i have enjoyed watching 
um, because <laughs> he only has one expression, except in two instances when his face turns into a horrible CGI contraption. Eugene Levy is in this movie. I virtually guarantee you he lost a bet and he had to be in this because I think can think of no other reason why he would do the things he does in this movie. Um, what? What's this called? It's called Gooby. <laughs> So, not gonna lie, Roan. I thought you said booby. No, and I'm no, sitting no. here typing booby <laughs> into IMDb. I'm like, why won't it come up? <laughs> yeah, no, this is a uh, gooby. My friends showed it to me a few years ago, and I've never looked back. Um, oh my god! Technically, this is a children's movie, but it is. It, it does have the... some incredibly questionable uh, moments. <laughs> I've seen the cover of this, and I'm like, <laughs> I've never. Oh my god! Yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, well, going on my watch list. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Maybe it'll pop up on the. Uh, maybe it'll pop up on the uh, on the show at some point in the future. You never know. You know, we might be you doing the show know. for the rest of our lives. So, uh, so you never know when we might get to uh, to Gooby. Um, number four is Scooby Doo: The Mystery Begins, uh, which is a Cartoon Network live action movie, which I didn't know that they typically did. Um, but it's it's basically another origin story for the Scooby-Doo mystery gang. And the like the effects, there are some effects that are horrible and some effects that are like way too good to be in this movie. Um, this is like a very much like a nostalgia pick for me because I love it. I think it's like I always love watching it. There are some really funny jokes, but it is objectively a terrible terrible movie but if you are at, at all a fan of scooby-doo i think that you would really like this movie because mm. it is a pretty solid um yeah it's 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 just a pretty solid uh little film that like is you know it's a fun little origin story and also the cast fit the characters most of the most of the cast fit the characters pretty darn well so mm -hmm. it is like worth watching for some of the more accurate like live action at uh iterations of the scooby gang number three is uh is dead snow um which is okay so when i say norwegian film horror film about nazi zombies you have to stay with me because not only does this movie like have some of the most batshit insane like weird twists i've ever seen the practical gore and effects are so good that you would never know that this was a like a like a low budget like independent film it has all the the marks of like a like a goofy like studio side project but no this movie is great and you should and like any horror fans should check it out um, number two is frequently asked questions about time travel, a show that we have talked about on this show. Um, but it was, uh, plugs. yeah, it was a while ago. This was episode three of our show yeah. way back in July, 2022, that this episode came out. Um, uh, number one is Mary and Max, which was on Shane's list as well. Cause I watched this, uh, this past summer and God oh, is this devastating, devastating yeah. and so, so, um, heartfelt in ways that I never expected to be touched by a movie with just a, like a super strange sense of humor and also so much to say about human love and connection. Um, but anyway, that has been our discussion of triangle and, uh, and the, I do want to throw out there categories. Gooby has yeah. 
Yeah. On IMDb. Sure does. Sure does. <laughs> 2.9. Um, so, uh, yeah, of all of the ones that we mentioned today, even uh, even our even our central movie, Gooby, is the takeaway. Everyone should go watch Gooby. Yes. Um, but anyway, thank you all so much for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Shane, where would you like to send people if they want to hear more from you? You can head over to the Wasteland Viewer Instagram page where I shamelessly plug all the things that I do for my podcast, the Wasteland Vintage Roadshow, the uh, Cinematic Wasteland, this one, all the writing that I do for Pop and GuideTheMovies.com, and also all the podcasts I do for Scribe, but most importantly, the Wasteland Viewer YouTube channel where I review basically anything and have three weekly shows where all of my wonderful friends and peers come on and talk movies, including Rowan. Hell yeah. Um, you can find me at theleaningitcritic.com or uh, listen to my other podcast, um, Runtime Babe and Franchise Paradiso that I do with uh, friends of the show. Um, also, uh, you can find me at Letterboxd and on Instagram at Rowan the Boat. Uh, and uh, with that, we will be back next week with another episode. Shane, what movie are we talking about for next week? We will be talking about Funeral Parade of Roses from 1969 from director Toshio Matsumoto. Yes. Uh, this is a very strange film, uh, and I'm inter- very interested uh, to discuss it. Um, but uh, until then, we will be back next week uh, for Rowan and Shane. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Rowan and the Wasteland. <laughs>